Sorry, Austin. We tried, buddy. Just Grandpa Austin couldn't make it to 11:15. Yeah, he passed out. Welcome to the Stateside Spurred Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4, here with Chris tonight because Austin just couldn't make the cut. He could not stay up late enough. So it is, a, it is a two-man show. Um, yeah, he, he, here to to do a lot of important things, too. So we're going to miss out on Austin, but um, I believe we can get the job done. Chris, how do you feel? I'm good. I have a, like a this cough that's been around me for the last like two or three weeks. But it's starting to go away, which feels better. So if you hear me like cut out in the middle, that's what I'm doing. Are we sure it's not COVID? Uh, we're sure. Okay. We're we're sure we're we're COVID free. That's good. Um, and and I'm minus my normal wingman because Quentin's not here with me. Normally he's uh, sitting up here with me, but he's. Just I, I thought you were talking about Austin for a second because it's always you and Austin versus me. But <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about Q. Okay. No, okay. it's not versus. I feel it I'm sure a good. Feels like. I'm a good foil of the in between. I think. Um, okay, you try to play the mediator. I respect it. I, I mediate a little bit, not much, but some. Uh, anyway, well, we have tons <laughs> to talk about today, so um, let's just dive right into it. First thing I want to focus on is the transfer window. Before we uh, wrapped up our pod last week, we were had about 19 hours left in the transfer window. Well, since then, the transfer window has closed. We did do a little bit of business. I think actually um, we, we broke that on our podcast last time, uh, the Emerson yeah. business. So after that business, we didn't really do anything other than um, terminate Surge RA's contract, a mutual agreement, of course. So you want to count the uh, the CCV thing? Did that happen right at the end or did that happen post? Um, like um, right sorry, I'm distracted. USA just scored. Uh, Good, thank C- God. CCV's contract. I don't really. I mean, CC. I can't believe that he's only like 23 or 24. I, I, do we need to really talk about Cameron Carter Vickers? Will we ever? We don't need to talk about him. It's he has been at the club. He's an academy guy. I think in the long run, his transfer, his outgoing sale, will get the club some money. Let's not pretend like he's this god awful defender. Uh, he's it's pretty just bad. That he's he's not he's not the level that we. That will ever uh, make it at okay. a top 16. Let me just he's ask not. you this question and we'll move on from, from – we won't spend any more time on Cameron Carter-Vickers. <laughs> Is Cameron Carter-Vickers a Premier League defender? Or what level of Premier League are you talking? Are we talking uh, – Anything in general. Top a, a top 20 team in England. Defender. If he's if he's hanging around in the relegation zone, yes. Oh, I disagree. But Ooh, hey, hot, I, no, it's not a hot take. I, I wouldn't say it's a hot take. He's, never, arguable, had a, he's, but, he's never had a loan to a Premier League team. And it never, even on his loans to a championship or a league one team, that he hasn't been like a skip player of the, like player of the, you know. Uh, I want to say there were some teams looking at him uh, oh. to give him that opportunity, but yeah. I, it's hard to argue that he has not had a, a look. I could see him making a living being a championship bottom of the Premier League defender. As an and American that's, that's Tottenham as supporter, as an American Tottenham supporter, I hope that he he has the best career ahead of him. Um, and if that means Look, he's a Tottenham player, that means he's good enough to be a Tottenham player, then by all means. But if I could still about, live on championship wages, I 100% would take it as a championship defender. I would 100% take that career. Oh, yeah. So sign, it's me, fun. sign me up for that. <laughs> uh, okay, let's just talk about the actual yep. players that matter. Okay. Moving uh, on. <laughs> so we have uh, a total of five players uh, coming in. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to go through these players. Uh, Galini, who I think we can both agree is, is <clears throat> the, before I be go into these, I think the, the good title for this podcast, maybe, but just for this transfer window in general is one for the future. Um, I think a lot of these players That's fair. Uh, are players that we don't expect to, to come into our team instantly other than Romero and make a big difference. We'll probably, we probably will need Brian heel a little bit this, this season, just based off of our lack of uh, depth when it comes to attacking players. 
Um, but I would say one for the future. So let's start there. Galini um, is a backup keeper. Um, no, no chance Loris loses his starting spot this year, right, Chris? Absolutely not. This guy was bought in to train and to give us some some quality when Loris doesn't need to be in there. Also, our other backup was our other backup option was Joe Hart, <clears throat> who is god awful. Yeah. So I think that's a massive upgrade bumping up to Galini. Here's the thing about Galini, though, and if I'm I think I'm correct with this with this contract, this is a loan move, um, and so he has uh, to for us to have the option to buy him at the price that we we um, negotiated with um, at Atalanta was he has to start at least 20 Premier League games or play in 20 Premier League games. Is that a possibility, Chris? Barring uh, Hugo staying healthy, it's it's possible. Uh, well, not like you said, barring Hugo staying healthy, because if Hugo's healthy, Hugo starts. That's a bar none. So I think when you look at the transfer from the 20 games perspective of he has to play this in order to obligate the buy, this is a win-win for us. This is this is perfect because he gets the European games where we're not obligated. Like we could end the season, he's played five Premier League games. We're not obligated to buy him, but we have the like we have the funds to go get him and just bring him in and we've already worked him into the system and i think no matter how you look at it it's a win win i don't think he plays 20 premier league games yeah. for spurs this season at all yeah well the, i guess the the clause is if he doesn't play 20 premier league games we don't get him for the the rate negotiated so right. we have to go back to the the table and say okay we'll and pay renegotiate something yeah and renegotiate all right so galini backup keeper for sure um let's go on to the defense that we brought in christian romero there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot in the news about Christian Romero right now, or some will call him uh, is it Cutie? I don't like that nickname, yeah, but it's Cutie Romero is what he goes by. I I'm with you on that. I just we're going with we're sticking okay on this show we're gonna just stick with Romero. We're yeah, just gonna stick I'm not with calling Romero. any I'm not calling any grown man Cutie. Um, nah, I'm with you. I I I hardly uh, <laughs> I, I, I really. Not the biggest just fan can't of my bring girlfriend calling to do me it. cutie, much less be calling another grown man cutie. Just can't uh, do it. So cutie Romero, <laughs> as I do it, uh, I can't do it. So Christian Romero comes in, fifty million um, is the is the uh, it's a loan deal, right? To start, I think his is a. No, I want to say his is a, the loan with obligation to buy. Yeah, yeah. So, so it literally we were, is a loan for this season, and at the we've already told them in the coming summer. We're already going to buy this guy. We just want to go ahead and bring him in now. Perfect. So, yeah. so this is our most expensive signing of the of this transfer window at 50 million right. um, pounds. What are your thoughts on this player? This guy's perfect from what I can from what I've I've seen. Perfect. As far as bringing in a strong defensive like a strong defender to improve that back line to improve the age of the back line, we got rid of a. What, 32, 33 year old Alderweireld, yeah. who was, he'd lost a step, obviously, but he was still a good defender. Arguably, he was our best defender last season. Um, we bring in this guy who is Serie A's top defender. And I don't know, I, for me, I think this is the guy that maybe, even if it's, this turns out to be, I don't know if you remember, well, you do remember. The Danny Rose, uh, Ben Davies situation where Ben Davies was brought in and all of a sudden Danny Rose became a world class left back because he had some competition. And if that's the case here, I'm fine with that. I just think this guy by the end of the season is going to be a mainstay in that center back pairing. I'm just I'm questioning what center back will be pairing with him by the end of the season. Uh, okay, and so who do you think it would be? Guess. Give me a a guess. Who do you think? Right now, I'm going to go with Sanchez. Yeah. Funny, though, because Dyer was, has been nominated for player of the month. Right. Uh, but I feel like Sanchez has had a better season uh, or so better three games so far than Dyer. The first but. three games, uh, I, I have to agree with you. I think Sanchez has hands down been better. I think both of them have been much better than they were last season. But like we talked about in the last pod, there's been some adjustments to the system that have made them look a lot better. And I. Hey, it's hard to argue. It's hard to say, well, uh, oh, it's the system. It's whatever. As long as they're playing better, I'm happy. So, yeah, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. 
and then, um, yeah, I agree. I think Romero is one that we'll have to. We we discussed this via our text message that you know, who we we really can't take a center back out now because of how well our defense is playing and how well Dyer and Sanchez are playing together. But it's just a matter of time, I think, that we think until one of them gets replaced by Romero. Uh, probably that Chelsea game. I think that Chelsea game is going to be really, uh, yeah, it really a very tough game based yeah. off of the injuries we have and plus the with the whole. I mean, we have a lot to discuss, so we're going to focus on transfers. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll, we have a lot to talk about Romero when it comes to um, him having to isolate and all the the craziness that's happening right now with the Argentina squad. Uh, after that, we have um, Pepe Matsar. I believe I'm saying that correct. You can I've say heard Pepe and I've heard Pape and Pap, I've heard just Pap. Pap. I think Pap is the actually the way Pap Matt Sar. Um, so we brought him in. We loaned him back to Mets. Uh, he is getting. I think uh, Paratici's uh, interview about the transfer window. He spoke a lot of high praise about this player. Um, one for the future. One of the most talented players in Europe. Don't know too much about him, but once again, it's, it reminds me of that Delhi move. What about you, Chris? Okay, so after this, I'm like you. I, I nobody knew. I didn't know a ton about this guy before we uh, we brought him in. <clears throat> but shortly after we made this whole thing and all this big deal popped up, um, there was over this international break a game where he was playing. Um, I cannot remember who uh, who they were up against, but he's on his international squad, obviously, Senegal. because he's Senegal. Yeah, he's a Senegalese player. Uh, he was on the national team. He was playing in a national team game, and he was hands down a standout player for them because I watched that game because I was like, I want to see what this kid's all about. And he was absolutely a standout player for them. Like he, he, like I, it, I know I was looking for him particularly because he's a new Spurs player. But yeah. if I was going off a one-game shot of why would we buy this player, I watched the right game. If that yeah. makes sense, because he looked like a player who you would wonder, like, why aren't bigger clubs looking for this guy? Why isn't he? Why is he playing at Mets? But he is only 18. Um, transfer market lists him as a defensive midfielder. He looks to me more like a um, creative level box to box, like a very Geo-esque player. Or but, Dembele. Yeah, like maybe a Dembele, but a very young, raw Dembele, who has not filled out physically, like he's he's a very slight, light guy. He's little. Um, and by little, I mean he's tall, but he's not near the weight of a Premier League midfielder. He would get absolutely uh, just destroyed in a Premier League midfield right now. So I think loaning him back to Mets, giving him some more time to develop, probably the right move in the long term because he is only 18 and – Right now, that for me is just a move of getting ahead of the game on a player that the rest of Europe is going to be looking for in the next couple of years. Nice. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him. Now I have a reason to watch League One, League One yeah, in, in Paris because I can watch him uh, play. So looking forward to catching at least a couple of those games this year. Ooh, now we're getting to the big ones. Uh, after that, we're going to go to Brian Heal. Um, Brian Heal. Brian Heal came in from uh, Sevilla, um, part of the swap deal with Lamella. Cost us about 22 million pounds, I think. Um, has shown great promise so far uh, in the conference league specifically. I think he is one of the best players that we saw um, with Kane in that second league, uh, second second match against Paco de Ferreira. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brian Heal? How do you what do you rate for him? What what should we expect out of him this season? Number one, I just want to say Brian Hill looks like he should be have playing for us in the uh, in the 70s. He looks like a 70s Spurs player. Like he just he's got that 70s up. show. It's vibe. the hair. It's yeah. the shag hair that does it. With the mustache, um, only mustache too. <laughs> I honestly think, kind of like Romero, by the end of the season, this dude's fighting to start. That may be a hot take. Yeah, that is a hot I, take think by the end of the season i don't think he's ready right now but i think by the end of the season this guy is fighting to get into the starting lineup and probably fighting to i we talked about in the last show um that this needs to be the breakout season for bergvon this needs to be the big season for him to make his move and become the player that we were hoping we were getting when we bought him 
Yeah. And if he doesn't, I think this is who he's fighting with to start. Because Hill is a he's been a left winger uh his entire career. That's his best position. But I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're if you're a pro player, you play where the opening is. You find a way to get yourself into the lineup. And um if it turns out to be that um Bergvon doesn't become doesn't really show up this season. I could see Hill be like getting worked in to play off off the right and becoming like a, a fighting for a starting position with with Lucas and Bergvon. Um, I think he's that good. Yeah, I, it's just early, so I think he needs time to acclimate to the league. But once he does, That's this some- dude, this this guy's the ceiling for him. Yeah, that's some very, very high praise. Um, I agree. I think he's young, talented, very direct. I would say he's one of our most direct players. Reminds very me a lot creative. Of, just yeah. very, very attacking and creative. I like it. Always looking to to take a man on and, and beat a man, which is something we have desperately needed um, in those wing positions. Lucas has those glimpses, but I think Brian Heal may be uh, a more consistent Lucas. And here's the thing we have to recognize as Spurs fans. You know, he's not going to be successful in every dribble, every take on. So have some yeah. patience. But it's the courage and the confidence to take on those dribbles that's important. So uh, and then last but not least, uh, Emerson, Emerson Royale. Uh, how should we what, what what should we call him on this podcast? Emerson or Royale or what do you, you want to do, Chris? I'm going to stick with Emerson just okay. because. Royale is apparently a nickname. Um, he looked like a royal, and that's his grandmother that gave him that nickname, I think. I don't know. I may be losing something in translation there. But um, I, I say we stick with Emerson. Austin's not here to vote, so you're the tying vote. So Yeah, I'm going to go Emerson just because royal seems a little royale, royal, and doesn't Emerson. Emerson just flows off, off the tongue a little bit smoother. So Emerson it is. Just, uh, me, that reeks of Brazilian, just Emerson. Yeah. Nice. And like here's the thing, though. There hasn't been a lot of good Emersons in the Premier League. I don't think there has been one that I can think of. But, <laughs> uh, hey, time to break that streak. We have this 22-year-old right back coming in. He spent last season uh, on loan for Barcelona at Real Betis. Uh, they brought him back. He actually started a game in La Liga for Barcelona right before this transfer went through. Cost us, I believe, it was around 25 to 30 million pounds to bring this player in. Uh, like I said, very young. Um, what do you know about this player, Chris? Um, he's a. I, I, it's not a hybrid defensive, uh, like right back. He's not as attacking as, say, Serge was. He's more defensive. He's not as quick. He's not going to be just tearing up and down the right the, the right side of the pitch. He's a defensive. He's a right back. Um, and he's not a right wing back. Um, for me, this is a signing for the future that could, again, kind of like Brian Hill, come good this season, where he could be, by the end of the season, really pushing into uh, a starting position for us. I think with him, um, it really lines us up for those times when maybe – Tanganga can't be that starting defensive right back for us. And we need two actual outside backs with uh, uh, Regulon playing on the left and, and Emerson playing on the right with two solid center backs. Um, and we're not able to play that swinging back line, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think he's kind of perfect for that. Um, he's very talented from what I've, what I've known. Obviously, if Barcelona is willing to bring him in, there was talk at one point with Barcelona that they were going to assign him a 300 million euro release clause. I don't know if there's any actual truth to that. Which is insane. But they thought very highly of him. They did not want to sell him by their own words. He did not want to leave Barcelona by his own words. But Barcelona is strapped for cash. They have to take money for anybody they can get. Spurs, I'll be honest with you. I think we helped them out on another deal which we don't have to get into because it doesn't really concern us. Mariba. Yeah, I think we helped them out there. And because we helped them out there, they were willing to listen to this offer for him. Yeah. And for us, it gets us a quality right back. um, Gets us a a little more. It it gets us an upgrade, I feel, probably on Surge. Definitely an upgrade on Doherty. Um, 
And it gives Tanganga some time to grow into being either a right back or right center back or wherever he's going to land without the full pressure of, hey, you're our guy. So I think this was a good buy. I think this is definitely right. By the way, interesting point. Brian Hill and Emerson are both rated on transfer market at uh, their deals were worth twenty seven point five million. OK, so that's in dollars kind of right right in the middle. That's in dollars. Oh, so even more for pounds around 30 yeah. 35 right around 30 pounds. 35 right. for each uh and that wraps up our incoming transfers so uh we can go through our outgoing really quick uh, and uh, if you want to stop and talk about any players as i go through these outgoing transfers you just let me know uh, i'm not going to go through the youth transfers i don't think a lot of those are going to be very important um especially to any of the listeners that we have um the only one i would say is kind of has been one that we could touch on would be Sirkin because he was one that I think we all looked forward to seeing uh, possibly. I think he's the only one day. outgoing that I was really like, oh. But I do I believe really we have a. Turn buy, I, I do believe we have a buyback clause from Sirkin, that or it's a sell-on clause that's in his in his um, deal to Sunderland. So. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's both. So here are the departures that we saw. Juan Foyth went to Villarreal. That was kind of expected because of the um, it was a, a loan deal with an option to buy, and Villarreal won the uh, Europa League. So, and Juan Foyth was a, was a very integral part of that team. Um, Toby Alderweireld went to was Qatar. Was it Qatar? Heel. I'll do heel. Um, Musa Sissoko went to Watford. <clears throat> Joe Hart somehow, some way, we got a fee for Joe Hart to Celtic. Um, and then Danny Rose is a free transfer. Paulo Gazaniga, free transfer. Um, b- both of those are to English clubs, one Fulham in the championship, one Watford in the Premier League, which makes me think maybe we could have gotten something for those players just because they are, you know, a part of two teams that are in the top two leagues in England, but maybe not. Lamella went to Sevilla. That's a uh, part of the swap deal for um, Brian Heal. And then... Serge Aria, we terminated his contract, and then we spoke about CCV going to Celtic. So he's playing with Joe Hart. So those are the departures. So quickly, I want to ask your opinion on this transfer window as it has closed. Um, give me a rating. And obviously, this rating is before we've actually seen a lot of these incomings do anything. But give me a rating. What do you think? What do you? What would you grade this transfer window um, and why? Overall window, I think the last time I gave us an A. I'm going to stick with that. Because I still think there was um, dead wood in the squad that was taken out that needed to go. Not all of it, but it's a good start, I feel. Um, the squad got younger and more attacking, more attack-minded. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with an A. I would say if it were, if I were to go any higher to give us an A-plus or anything like that, I think we would have had to have brought in a, a forward to back up Kane. And to kind of prep us for his potential departure, that would have been my A+. Plus. Um, but considering we we made moves to shore ourselves up in the defense, which was our weak spot last year, I'll stick with an A. Um, yeah, I'm going there. Yeah, I'm going to go A as well. Um, I think the reason why I'm going to go A, a lot of people that I've been, a lot of podcasts that I've been listening to about Tottenham has been, I think some of them like C pluses, B minuses, a lot of pretty harsh. Yeah, that's harsh. And I think the reason why I'll go A is just for a few reasons. A, A, A is that we kept Harry Kane. I think right. that is huge. That is uh, that is just as important as any transfer we could have done, any transfer business we could have done, because Harry Kane is one of the top three strikers in the world. He is going to guarantee 20 Premier League goals if he's healthy, closer to 30 if he stays healthy for majority of the season. That is massive for our squad. And on top of that, like you said, we got rid of a bunch of the deadwood in our team, and we brought in a bunch of young youth players um, and that is what we that's who we are as Tottenham. And and the people are saying, well, we should go out and get this player or this player. Like we are a team in the conference league. OK, we don't have the draw to bring in some of these the saboteurs of the world. So it's like, right. yeah, well, Munich went and got him. Oh, great. Well, it's Bayern Munich. OK, we're Tottenham Hotspur. We're playing in the Europa Conference League. Our, that's not where we should be, but that's where we are. And so we have right. to be realistic with our incomings and getting Christian Romero and keeping Harry Kane. 
I think, uh, are two massive things that we did this window. And to be fair, Paratici only had uh, two months to do this. Two he wasn't to so work like all of this out. It's not like he was a part of this. Uh, you know, he wasn't our director of football in April when we let go of Mourinho, right? So he had to come into have conversations and get the ball rolling very quickly. So I'm going to give this an A. I think by, uh, you know, I think by Christmas time, we'll have a better judgment of, of, of this window. But, you know, we have to be, uh, we, we have to give some sort of grade now. So I'll go A as well. And then who knows what Austin th- thinks, but I think Austin would probably go around, you know, B plus to A as well. So probably um, I B plus last time. Yeah. And we come to Ndombele, which I'm sure he's happy about. Um, let's talk quickly about this Romero and um, Lo Celso situation that's happening. I'm going to let you kind of kind of go over what exactly is going on. What <laughs> should we expect? When should we expect well, to see them again? Is the club finding them? Kind of just run run down what's going we on. We can go with what players. we know, but it's all still so up in the air. So... I mean, everybody knows, like, middle of that Brazil-Argentina game, so the security barges onto the field. Um, uh, there were rumors that these guys, uh, what did they, was it that they lied about uh, where they had come from yeah, I think to get into the country? Yeah, they lied the to get into the country. But, hello, they play for they English play Premier League team. for major clubs. And it wasn't just Spurs players. I believe, um, was it the West Ham? The, the, Villa, the Villa, Villa players, players. Martinez yeah. and uh, Buendia. So, yeah, those players, like, apparently they lied on their forms about where they were coming from, and so they violated COVID protocols, so the game had to be stopped, and now that game has been scrapped altogether as as far as everybody's concerned. Um, The Argentinian team kind of held off for a while on what they would do. I believe at this point they have released the players back to their clubs, which honestly means they have to observe now the... British, the UK protocols to get back into the country. So before they can come back to train for Spurs and so that they don't miss that 10 days of training while they're isolating, they have instead flown to Croatia. Uh, We have flown, Spurs has flown a a trainer out to work with them for 10 days so that they don't lose fitness um, so that they can train in Croatia and then return to the squad when they're all done. So that being said, I mean... From a schedule standpoint, that means Romero and Lo Celso and Sanchez, obviously, are going to miss at very minimum. They're going to miss Crystal Palace. And if they're if they were all back tomorrow, they could return potentially for Chelsea. But that would be the exact moment that they would need to be. I mean, that's 10 days from tomorrow would be the Chelsea game. So I'm going to go ahead and say all these guys are probably missing Crystal Palace and Chelsea. So, yeah. Yeah, this is a not a good state of affairs to be in considering some of the injuries we've we've also seen over the last one or two days thanks to the uh, wonderful international break that seemingly won't end. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a very interesting lineup against Palace. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate. I just I, there's a lot of speculation, like you said, and I don't want to speculate about like, did the club let these players go? Did they tell them they're being ultimatum? Yeah, they weren't supposed to go, but it looks I, like they're going to find them now. I mean, I'm just really, I'm so super confused. Is this going to is this going to have a lingering effect on Romero? It looks like the club basically told them you can go, but we'll find you. And they said, cool, we'll take the fine, we'll pay it, but you know, World Cup coming up, we want to go play. So the club said, cool, go. We'll find you when you get back and we'll settle it all up. But go, do whatever, do what you got to do. And then all this other stuff happened, which I'll be honest with you, I don't necessarily trust the Brazilian or Argentinian FBA, FAs because uh, there's a lot of um, shady business that goes on with those two groups anyway. It's weird. It's there's no way to to shade this over. It's just a weird situation. Yeah, uh, really, really crazy. It's, uh, looks like USA just took the lead two to one now. And, Is it? And pulls and pulls went, went off with an injury. Uh, so uh, sorry not to get the shot. Chelsea are, scum. We are Americans, uh, <laughs> so we are watching our, our World Cup qualifier live now. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Definitely not going to be available for the Palace game. That's something we are sure of. Uh, on top of that, Chris, I'm going to pass this on to you as well. 
discuss what injuries we're dealing with because of this international break. So the big one for me is Sun, Sonny, who had a sort of a slight calf injury. He was held off for his uh, final uh, game of this international break, but there's a lot of rumors that he was held off for that just out of precaution. Um, and it's really not as bad as it looks. So there's a good chance Sonny could just come back and, and be just fine after this. Um, I'm a little worried more for Skip, who just went off injured today, I believe, um, for the England U21s. Sessegnon has picked up a knock for the U21s. And who up? Uh, and Bergvine. Uh, Bergvine looked to be on the bench for uh, for the Netherlands, icing his ankle. Uh, he walked off the pitch just fine. Everything looked good. There was no mention of a serious injury from the Netherlands team. It was just a little concerning that, you know, we have this guy sitting on the bench um, with a full wrap on his ankle and a full bag of ice. I'm trying to think of anybody else that may have picked up a quick knock. Jaffet, we saw at training, so he was back up and running. Um, yeah, those are the big ones, I think. And then adding into that, of course, the now vacant spots for Lacelso and Romero and Sanchez. It's and, looking and a, a little. And, and Tingy and Dombele, who has yet to feature. Right. Um, even on the bench. So the squad's looking pretty thin right now heading into Palace. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll have a, a, a quite a, a bit more information in the, next, in the upcoming days when it comes to injuries and who we can expect to see on Saturday morning at 6.32. It's, it's an early kick, so there's not like we don't have that Sunday. This is like one of our only Saturday games, right? Because yeah. of all, all the Thursday uh, fixtures for the Conference League. So kind of unfortunate there because I'm sure we'd like an extra day, day and a half uh, to prepare. Uh, and rest some of these players, but we don't have that. It was nice to see Bergvine get called up and used for Netherlands. Right. Um, that was that was great. I think it did great things for his confidence. We also got to see Regulon get called up uh, for Spain, and he played today starting as a left back. I think that's going to be great for his confidence as well. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have an interesting lineup. Let's talk about that Palace game um, real quick. Um, Palace on the, on the weekend, 6.30 kickoff here in Texas. Uh, it's a 12:30 kickoff. Oh in, God! Please don't make me pick a lineup for this. Uh, Chris, yes. I'm gonna, I'm, Chris, I'm going to ask you to pick a lineup for this, uh, based <laughs> off the information that you know Gosh. that we have. Who do you have starting? Don't overthink it. Just go off the top of your head. Uh, off the top of my head, um, obviously Hugo's going to start in goal. Um, the big changes for me are going to be um, at the center back. That's going to be the weird one. Because I could see uh, coming back and having Regulon start at left back by that game because he'll be back. Um, I could see Dyer being the being the mainstay starting center back, but I have the feeling that his pair, uh, his partner in that one's going to be Roden because he's the only one that I can think of that will be healthy and back at Hotspur Way in time to play this match. So I, I feel like it's going to have to be Roden. Um, on the right at right back, that's, I mean, do you start Doherty or do you just throw Emerson out there because he has been, he'll, he'll have a week's training and he is match fit. I mean, he was playing for Barcelona before the transfer, so it's not as if he was just sitting on his ass doing nothing. So you could start, uh, I could see Emerson getting his debut and starting it right back. Um, just really depends on how his week goes, and we don't know anything about that. But, okay, for picking a lineup purposes, I'm going to say we start Emerson at right back against Palace. Um, in the midfield, since it's going to be the three again, it's probably going to end up being uh, Hoybeer, Ndombele, Delhi, and then up top, praying that this is just a... a, a Precautionary knock will still stick with Sun Kane. Wait, and, you saying uh, Dombele? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else are you gonna do? I think Skip plays. I don't think Skip's gonna be out. We'll see. I mean, he walked off today injured, so we'll see. That's what I'm going off of. You you told me to shoot from the hip off yeah. of given information. 
Well, and, if, if anything, I think that you see, uh, you don't see in Dumb Boy Start. I think you or see Winks. I think you see oh. Winks, or I think you see. Um, God, I don't want to th- see. I Winx think you play. see. Hold on, I think you, I think of Sons. Well, hold on, you get to go. You go first. Finish your. Okay. Finish. <laughs> I'll stick with my Dumb Boy prediction, and we can argue about it. Um, up top. I'm hoping that the, I'm hoping, like you said, the the sun thing is an is just a precautionary knock. Um, Kane obviously starts, and then um, probably because Bergvine's coming back and we don't know his situation, you end up with Lucas on the right. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. God, that's Wait, a hodgepodge. So, so you said Lucas Kane and Bergvine is that what you said? Lucas Kane and Sun. I'm hoping Sun is just a precautionary knock, and he just was sitting out to sit out. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go like this. I'm going to go Loris. I'm going to go um, Regulon. I'm going to go Dyer. I'm going to go Tanganga. And I'm going to go uh, Emerson. And if Tanganga doesn't play center back, he plays right back. And then Roden plays center back. I'm not sure. Why did you leave Tanganga out? Because I didn't think of him. Okay. Otherwise, yes. I, I was like, why? Are, I was like, why are you saying Doherty? Am I missing something? Why are you saying Doherty? Uh, no. I'm, I'm, well... In my head, now that we have Emerson as a right back, it leaves more op- opportunities for Tanganga because who wants to play center back? It leaves yeah, more opportunities. Yeah, which is why I there. think he'll but, play center back. Or if he doesn't play center back, then Roden plays center back and Tanganga plays right back. I'm uh, fine with Tanganga I, starting I, and then Roden being on the bench as our backup center back. That'd yeah. be yeah, I'm, I'm that's livable. And then I see in the midfield, I see um, Delhi and Hoy. I think Delhi is going to play the skip role. And Hoiberg will play because he's shown that he can play box to box to box. So Hoiberg will play um, Hoiberg, Delhi, and then this is where I think things get interesting. I think we see. I don't think we see in Domboy because there's no way you can go from not being on the bench um, to starting. I think you're going to see either he, uh, Brian Heal or Lucas playing the other midfield three because it's a it's a it's a midfielder that can move the ball, can transition the ball from defense to offense, and I think that. I think Nuno has shown that he trusts Teal because he even he subbed him in at Watford. Um, and then I, if if Kane or if, that's if Son Son or Bergvine are healthy enough to play, obviously. And then we see Son Kane and um, Bergvine or Lucas at the, the front three. It is kind of a hodgepodge of a lineup, but no, hey, there's no way around it. It, it. We're doing what we have to do based off of the the injuries we have on the squad. So. Um, give me a quick prediction for this game, Chris. What you got, Palace? It's going to be a tricky fixture. I believe this is at um, at Palace. Yeah, this is away. That. It's away. Um, yes, this is definitely at Selhurst Park. What do you think? Um, I'm going to predict we keep our win streak alive. Uh, I'm going to go two to one. Uh. <laughs> I hate Palace. I don't think it's going to be an easy fixture. I don't think it never is against Palace. I think it's going to be one of those ones where we uh, and Selhurst Park is, a, is one of those out. is one of those tiny those tiny football stadiums. You know, it's like fans are right on top of you. They're going to be rocking. Tot on top of the tables coming in. Yeah, Man, I don't I don't like this. I don't like this. But I'm going to go with a a one one. I was about to say, are you keeping the one nil alive? You, you no, sticking with? No, I don't think we win this game, and I think that this is gonna just be very tough based off of the 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 the, the squad being kind of depleted because of the stupid stupid freaking qualifiers for this oh. World Cup. It's really if really frustrating me. If this were to, any other time that where it weren't they World have qualifiers, if these were friendlies, I would have looked at at Lo Celso and Sanchez and Romero and been like, you can't go, you have to stay. You have to just stay and 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 work out through this international break and probably try and keep us top of the table coming back against Palace. Like it, it's uh, we've got some some momentum rolling at this point. It's fair to say. And I, I was watching them leave. Like oh, that's I get why they feel like they have to go, but that sucks. That yeah. could not have been worse time. I think the bigger thing is these FAs need to figure it out because this is something that's not going away. We're seeing the spike in America right now, um, mm-hmm. in Texas for sure. So this is not going away. But, you know, the, the, I, I hate to say it, but these players have a responsibility. It's their job. This is, the club is their number, should be their number one priority because they are getting paid. It is their responsibility. That's, that's probably not something that they want to hear because a World Cup is important and playing for your country is important. But you have this... this um, liability this responsibility to your club 
because they are paying you very, very good money to be available and right. missing out on on Palace and Chelsea at when you're top of the table. Particularly the Chelsea thing and particularly uh, being top of the table. I mean, not only that, the Palace is important because that's even if we lose to Chelsea, that Palace game, if we win, that's a 12 points, right? That's OK. You lose to Chelsea, you're still in a really good position. So right. I think the Palace game is not to be overlooked and the importance of that game. You know, that's it's one of those those fixtures that normally, what do they call it? Um, when you're looking ahead, it's a stupid phrase we call it. Uh, what is it, Chris? Well, I don't know. but a, tra- I, a trap game. A trap. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's a trap um, game. Yep. So it's a trap game. You're looking to Chelsea, and then after that you have Arsenal. So you're thinking, oh, it's just Palace, right? Don't. Sleep I would on love Palace. to roll into the Palace, into the 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 game against the Scum, having won five straight in the league, and having <laughs> that level of momentum behind us to to go into playing Arsenal. That would be absolutely phenomenal. But I, I'm just I'm concerned, and I do feel better that I think a lot of these players will be back by the time the Arsenal game rolls around. They could be back by the time we have to play Wolves in the FA Cup um, or the EFL Cup. Um, so that's a warm up game leading into that. I just Chelsea yeah. and Arsenal back to back in the league. That's an important time for for actually Chelsea, Arsenal and then Villa. Okay, well, yeah, Villa's still a pretty big game at this point as well. So, yeah, this is a pretty important stretch that we're into, and it's just – it sucks to be missing some some key players that we really, really need to be on their game. Yeah, I agree. One game at a time, though, and uh, USA just scored again. They're 3-1 now. We'll take it. Um, so – yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna we'll, we'll uh, preview the the Chelsea game next week. So uh, Austin wanted to talk about that ninety fifty ten, but I feel like we should wait for that for Austin. So uh, we'll let him do it. It's yeah. Fine. Uh, <laughs> any, is there anything else I'm missing? Obviously the Indombele, uh not making a move here. Um, uh, let's we can brief, briefly touch on this. And you clearly think Indombele is going to be integrated into the team very quickly by picking him to start on sun, Saturday. So talk to me well, about your thoughts on Indombele. My my thought is this. In Domble, over the past couple of seasons, this isn't the first time that he's asked to leave Spurs. He really wanted to leave when what the uh, the season after Pochettino got fired. Um, and then again, like what last season, uh, every summer he seems to want to leave because there's change. I think it has to do a lot with the turbulence of the club. I honestly believe because of the style of manager that Nuno is. I think we're kind of in one of those situa- situations where Ndombele probably came to the club and said, if a move can be made to one of these big clubs, I'd like to go because the turbulence here is just too much. And I, I feel like I, I need to be somewhere else. Um, I feel Nuno is kind of the type of manager to come in and be able to put an arm around a player, bring him back in, rein him in. And from everything we've seen on a team standpoint, Ndombele is still training. He came back fit. He just came back fit and ready for a transfer. So the idea that that didn't happen and didn't go to the players he to the teams that he want wanted those those clubs didn't come in for him with the right offer to to prize him away leads me to believe that he has been training and maybe he's not completely 100% match fit, but he's ready to play. And the reason that I would toss him into the starting lineup at that point is because not because I think he's just we need him right now we need to get him in the lineup but more of uh we need him playing we need that creative midfielder Lacelso is not going to be available if Skip is actually honestly injured and we have to shift um Hoybier back to that that defensive mid spot then that opens up the role for Ndombele right where I would probably put him so that's kind of my line of thinking is just noon. I, I expect that Nuno has probably been talking to him for a while about what his future plans are and what he's what he wants to do and how he wants to go about this. And I, I feel here's like the he, thing, here's the thing I think with Nuno, though, I think that he's going to expect a certain sort of commitment and work ethic that. um Indomble may not might Indomble not be ready might to, not be ready to commit to that. So we'll just yeah. have to see. I think we'll have to wait and see. That I don't yeah. want to speculate. I just think that there's a lot to be said about the inconsistencies when it comes to Indomble's commitment to like just like 
committing to Tottenham Hotspur. I think that um, that we saw with Kane being left out and, and he, until he was committed to Tottenham Hotspur via a tweet right. that we didn't get to see. Like, once once he committed his future, and so maybe he doesn't have to do that on Twitter, but he needs to do that to Nuno. And I respect Nuno for that because he wants you to buy in, right? And he's gonna. And when, I like what you said about like putting your arm around your shoulder because I do think that that is important. But I also think he's gonna put his arm around his, sh- his arm around your shoulder, unlike Mourinho would, but only to players who are buying into what Nuno is giving you. We and, see that with Delhi. We see that with Delhi. We Deli. see that with Delhi right now. We're watching that happen with a with. And, I, I think he came in, probably saw Delhi Ali, and saw that the way that he came back into training and the shape that he came back in, and said, okay. I think I can get something back out of that guy that Mourinho wasn't able to get because it's obvious that Delhi at this point did not at all buy into whatever Mourinho was selling after yeah. a certain he was just, he was done. Well, I think a majority of the squad didn't. So I, right. I, and, I, and listen, I want to be wrong on Ndombele because I do think that he is a world class player, world class. I, I think be, he can be. He's I wanna, not right now. He no, I think can. that he has the skill set. So I want right. to I want to be very clear with mine and Austin's bet. And Austin, I know you're going to listen to this. I <laughs> want to be wrong because if I am wrong, then that means Ndombele is making Tottenham a better team. I just don't think that that that's not my stance on it today. It could change, but my stance on it today is that Ndombele is is not going to give forth the effort to to be a Tottenham Hotspur player. And Nuno won't put up with that because that I, I think that's just Nuno's so, stance on that. So interesting, interesting question for you, just based off what you were just saying about Ndombele. So right now, let's say you walk back into the the to the locker room right now. You have a choice right now on the right hand side of playing either Ndombele, who has been sitting out but is obviously talented, or Winks, who is obviously committed. But not near as talented. Which one are you starting? Winks. Winks right. only because what I I believe the badge is better bigger than the player. Well, no, you're gonna get the work ethic out of Winks. Yeah, and Winks you're, will play for the badge. And Ndombele, like, and, and what Nuno, what that midfield showed me against City is that they all played for the badge. They play, they fair. ran their ass off for that badge, and I don't think Ndombele would do that. I think if he got frustrated and gave the ball away, his body language and what this is what we saw. We saw this with the Mourinho is that their body language was just like it just snapped in an instance. They had no confidence. Yeah, it was the midfield want... where he paired with um he had a midfield where he paired with Skip. And Skip was running he was doing everything. Everything. And there was one point where you just saw Ndombele on the opposite side of the field just lose the ball and then just kind of jog skip? and then stop. No, no, no. This was Ndombele. You oh, wait, saw you said, Ndombele. You said it, but Ndombele paired with Skip? Yeah, it was an Ndombele skip midfield. When? I remember this. Last year? Skip was uh, at Norwich. It, no, it wasn't last year. It was the, it was when Mourinho first arrived. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Ndombele and Skip were playing in the midfield, and it was when um, – Shortly after that is when Mourinho made his comments that Skip was going to be a very, very important player down the line for Spurs, which we all kind of knew. But to have Mourinho kind of say out in front of everyone, like this guy is going to be very, very important later on down the line. And he's definitely going to be a first team player next season. Um, That midfield, we watched in Domble just kind of languish about the midfield and not do anything. I cannot remember for the life of me who we were playing, but he just got run because he just did. And works four to one, by the way, with USA. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just got run in that midfield because he didn't put forth the effort that Mourinho even wanted to see. And I think he got hauled off like early in that half. Either way, there's just been a lot of instances where you do have to second guess and Domblay's work ethic. It's hard to argue that you don't have to question it at least a little bit because there's just too many times that he's had opportunities to really shine. And instead of shining, it's been just a very dull bulb and yeah. you're just not getting it. And and that's what I'm that, that's my argument with Austin is like I just go off of what I see consistently on the pitch. And so anyways, I, I think Austin's big thing is he just everybody, myself included, 
wants to see that consistent world-class player that Ndombele shows he can be from time to time. We want to see that Dembele, that Musa Dembele-style midfielder that just breaks loose. And it sucks to spend that amount of money and to put that much effort into a player and to just see abs, just at times just absolute shit. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not, it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> but I think we've given him two years, so this, this is it for him, right? Honestly, if if it doesn't like, happen this season, when you, he's when you pay him. that, when you pay that much money, we're talking about giving Bergvine like this is his final year. Like we paid twice as much money for Ndombele. Like why is there more grace for him? So we'll see. A lot long season ahead of us, but Ndombele is a Tottenham player at least until January. Um, so we'll we'll have plenty of time and plenty of uh, opportunities to uh, review how he is doing throughout the season. Um, Chris, um, we have a, a fixture on Saturday. We will be recording early next week before we have our first Conference League game, followed by the first London Derby of 2021. Um, that <laughs> that that uh, that game. I don't know if I'll be. Able, I don't think I'll be able to watch that Chelsea game. I'll be in Mexico City. Let's we'll see. Nice. You said, ugh, like it was not good. Oh, no, I'm more <laughs> angry because I'm just, I can't go. So uh, Okay. Uh, my girlfriend was like, maybe we can try to watch the game. I was like, do we really want to spend two hours in Mexico City watching Tottenham? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I would love to do it. But are you saying that because you think that I want to do that? Because we're there, we're there for her birthday. So. Right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll probably, probably be one of those things we get home that night and um, – I'll be like laying in bed and like pull it up on my phone and watch the two the, an hour and forty five minutes of the. You'll be watching like I do most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on my phone. Um, all right, so just just to recap, we have some predictions. You have two one Tottenham win on Saturday against Crystal Palace. I have one one. Um, we're gonna say that Austin has a one zero. We'll text him. We'll get it from him. Like tomorrow morning, he's gonna wake up and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I, need, I need. We'll get it from him. I need to send you a new picture. Um, but uh, for that <laughs> prediction thing, I look like a, I look like a psychopath. Um, but <laughs> seriously, uh, I, I wish you would have found a better picture. I actually might put a, a Spurs kit on right now and send you a new picture. Just um, send me a picture. Actually, I have, a, I have a Spurs shirt on right now. Yeah, yeah you yeah, could. Yeah, Just do that right now. now. Yeah, I'm doing it right now on, on podcast. Hold on. <laughs> Flip this around real quick. Wait, that's dirt. My room's dirty. Hold on. Wait, I have I have big headphones on. Should I take them off? No, leave the headphones on. Good. <laughs> Solid. I like it. Do it. Ah, right, there we go. <laughs> <Good for you. laughs> nice. All right, man. Uh Stick around for the outro. You'll hear all of our socials. Uh, big shout to Chris for um, plugging the uh, the outro and the intro. Um, we're going to have this new expectation that we get a new one every season, but uh, it sounds great. <laughs> there probably will be. There'll probably be another one coming here shortly. I just, I get bored. It's okay. We, lo- we love your boredom here. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. We kept this under an hour. Uh, you can thank Austin for that. Um, <laughs> onwards and upwards. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Colin, Austin, and Chris. Find the lads on Instagram or Facebook.